0: and it was an occupation congenial to my tastes. I accordingly entered into arrangements for a part of the old Olden Farm, on which my father formerly resided. With one cow, one swine, a yoke of fine oxen I had lately purchased of Lewis Brown in Hartford, and other personal property and effects. we proceeded to our new home in Kingsbury. That year, I planted 25 acres of corn, sowed large fields of oats, and commenced farming upon as large a scale as my utmost means would permit. Anne was diligent about the house affairs, while I toiled laboriously in the field. On this place we continued to reside until 1834. In the winter season, I had numerous calls to play on the violin. Wherever the young people assembled to dance, I was almost invariably there. Throughout the surrounding villages, my fiddle was notorious. Anne, also, during her long residence at the Eagle Tavern, had become somewhat famous as a cook. During court weeks and on public occasions, she was employed at high wages in the kitchen at Cheryl's Coffee House. We always returned home from the performance of these services with money in our pockets, so that with fiddling, cooking and farming, we soon found ourselves in the possession of abundance – and, in fact, leading a happy and prosperous life. Well, indeed, would it have been for us had we remained on the farm at Kingsbury. But the time came when the next step was to be taken towards the cruel destiny that awaited me. In March 1834, we removed to Saratoga Springs. We occupied a house belonging to Daniel O'Brien on the north side of Washington Street. At that time, Isaac Taylor kept a large boarding house, known as Washington Hall, at the north end of Broadway. He employed me to drive a hack, in which capacity I worked for him two years. After this time, I was generally employed through the visiting season, as also was Anne, in the United States Hotel, and other public houses of the place. In winter seasons, I relied upon my violin – Though, during the construction of the Troy and Saratoga Railroad, I performed many hard days' labour upon it. I was in the habit, at Saratoga, of purchasing articles necessary for my family at the stores of Mr. Kephas Parker and Mr. William Perry, gentlemen towards whom, for many acts of kindness, I entertained feelings of strong regard. It was for this reason that, twelve years afterwards, I caused to be directed to them the letter, which is hereto-after inserted, and which was the means, in the hands of Mr Northup, of my fortunate deliverance. While living at the United States Hotel, I frequently met with slaves, who had accompanied their masters from the south. They were always well-dressed and well-provided for, leading apparently an easy life, with but few of its ordinary troubles to perplex them. Many times they entered into conversation with me on the subject of slavery. Almost uniformly, I found they cherished a secret desire for liberty. Some of them expressed the most ardent anxiety to escape, and consulted me on the best method of effecting it. The fear of punishment, however, which they knew was certain to attend their recapture and return, in all cases proved sufficient to deter them from the experiment. Having all my life breathed the free air of the North, and conscious that I possessed the same feelings and affections that find a place in the white man's breast, conscious, moreover, of an intelligence equal to that of some men at least with a fairer skin, I was too ignorant, perhaps too independent, to conceive how anyone could be content to live in the abject condition of a slave. I could not comprehend the justice of that law or that religion which upholds or recognises the principle of slavery.' And never once, I am proud to say, did I fail to counsel anyone who came to me to watch his opportunity and strike for freedom. I continued to reside at Saratoga until the spring of 1841. The flattering anticipations which, seven years before, had seduced us from the quiet farmhouse on the east side of the Hudson had not been realised. Though always in comfortable circumstances, we had not prospered. The society and associations at that world-renowned watering place were not calculated to preserve the simple habits of industry and economy to which I had been accustomed, but, on the contrary, to substitute others in their stead, tending to shiftlessness and extravagance. At this time, we were the parents of three children, Elizabeth, Margaret and Alonzo. Elizabeth, the eldest, was in her tenth year. Margaret was two years younger, and little Alonzo had just passed his fifth birthday. They filled our house with gladness. Their young voices were music in our ears. Many an airy castle did their mother and myself build for the little innocents. When not at labour, I was always walking with them, clad in their best attire through the streets and groves of Saratoga." Their presence was my delight, and I clasped them to my bosom with as warm and tender love as if their clouded skins had been as white as snow. Thus far, the history of my life presents nothing whatever unusual, nothing but the common hopes and loves and labours of an obscure coloured man making his humble progress in the world. But now I had reached a turning point in my existence, reached the threshold of unutterable wrong and sorrow and despair. Now had I approached within the shadow of the cloud, into the thick darkness whereof I was soon to disappear, thenceforward to be hidden from the eyes of all my kindred, and shut out from the sweet light of liberty for many a weary year.